0: Hello, spooky friends. It's your Something Scary podcast hostess and usher into the darkness, Blair Bathory. Follow along as I take you on a journey through the unknown and discover together what we fear most. Don't worry, I won't leave you to navigate these terrors alone. Just let my voice be your guide. It's that time of year again when everyone has either started or is gearing up for a new school year. Everyone gets a fresh start and new routines, but you're also stepping into the unknown. Unknown schedules, classes, and teachers, fellow classmates coming back changed themselves. And when you don't know what to expect, the unknown can be an extremely dangerous place. First, a brush with death, followed by a little girl from hell, then into the unknown finally, in our featured story, a reminder to never go alone. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support something scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcast or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take
1: So,
0: wanna hear something scary? New school year, new terrors. Sometimes we can be peer pressured into doing things that can frighten us. And while sometimes it makes us stronger, other times it sucks the life out of us. Like in this story inspired by Jack. It was my freshman year at Ithaca College in upstate New York. That's when my life changed forever. I made fast friends with my roommates during orientation week, but we were still getting to know each other and trying to impress one another. I had heard about the gorges in the area, steep rock canyons with massive waterfalls. Lots of students would jump into the gorges and there were tons of legends about them. Everything from a little boy who drowned there and haunted the water to tales of students not being allowed to graduate unless they jumped in. But it didn't strike me how high they were or how terrified I'd be until I was at the top of the waterfall looking down. We had seen others jump in and I knew it was bad luck not to, but I had a foreboding feeling in the pit of my stomach warning me not to go in the water. I was sweating, full of panic, but didn't want people to think I was a wuss I didn't want to go through all of college with no friends because of this one moment and then suddenly, bam, I slipped and fell down the rocks into the cold, dark, watery abyss. Clawing at the water, I tried to swim up, but it was hopeless. The pounding of the waterfall held me underneath the surface. My body plunged deeper, my arms and legs flailing. I was losing stamina and felt my life slowly drifting away while my lungs ached for air. My eyes flew open and suddenly breath came easily. I wasn't in the water anymore. Darkness surrounded me. It was bone chilling cold and I thought I was dead. I was wandering around when it appeared, the only thing in the strange void, a boy. He looked around seven or eight with blonde hair and no eyes, just red pits where they should have been. His teeth were chipped and yellow. He was whispering something, that was too quiet to hear. So I inched closer. The body is empty. The vessel is new. The body is empty. The vessel is new. The body is empty. The vessel is new. As he said this, I felt my life force draining from my body, just like when I was drowning, only this was much quicker. Just as I was about to pass out, I woke up for a second time to a crowd of people observing me from above. Holy smokes! We lost you for a minute, we thought you were a goner," my friend said, shaking with relief. From that moment, everyone on campus knew me. I was even on the local news, but I had no explanation for the strange world and the unusual boy, so I kept that part to myself. There was no need for any of my new classmates to think I was insane. I was laying in bed one night, trying to fall asleep. When I closed my eyes, the boy appeared in front of me, drool dripping from his mouth. The body is empty, the vessel is new, he said. Suddenly the same faint feeling overcame me, my eyelids shut and I started feeling the pitch black floor. What was that? My roommate asked, staring me down. He'd been working on a paper when he heard me hit the floor and turned to see me rolling around screaming and convulsing like I was having a seizure. Totally freaked, I went to the infirmary the next morning The doctor recognized me from my incident. She ran a number of tests that all came back normal, which didn't seem to surprise her. Then she began to pry. It's as if she knew I was hiding something. That pit of nerves returned in my stomach. I was in a dark place again. Far away was the boy. Let me come in. Let me come in. His voice echoed. I said let me in. He screamed, running towards me. Time slowed. I turned and ran as fast as I could. When I suddenly stopped, I could barely move. Falling to my knees, I felt life slip away. I was falling. I looked up at the doctor in front of me. Did it happen again? Did I have another seizure? I thought aloud. She nodded. Then she wanted to know who the boy was that I was talking about. Embarrassed, I told her everything. It was such a weight lifted off my chest. When I finished filling in every last detail, I looked up with relief, but she looked haunted. She knew what was wrong with me. When I'd had my brush with death, struggling for breath, stuck somewhere in the in-between, my body was newly empty. It was the perfect vessel for the dead boy's ghost to inhabit. He tried to take over my body and he had been partially successful, until I was dragged from the water and brought back to life. So now, a portion of this supernatural being remains inside of you, she explained gently. I asked how to stop it. How could I get rid of it? I pleaded with her, but with a deep sigh, she told me the news I have never wanted to hear. You can't, you're stuck with him. He'll be there until the day you die. He's waiting to be able to take over. Have you ever felt like your body wasn't entirely your own? Like maybe you were possessed? Or there was something else inhabiting your body? You
1: can live out your master chef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's
2: list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Some jobs are better than others and some just don't pay you enough for the mess you'll have to deal with. Like in this story inspired by Yui. Tara pulled into the driveway of a large house. She was nervous and excited. Now a junior in high school, her parents were allowing her to babysit for the very first time. She was thrilled to receive a last minute phone call to sit for a young girl that night. She hopped onto the front step and before she had a chance to knock, the door flung open. A man and woman stood there, dressed in expensive clothing, yet seeming disheveled. The bags under their eyes made it seem like they had been through hell. You're late, the woman said, her tired eyes drilling into Tara's soul. Tara was apologetic and said she had gotten there as quickly as she could. This was not how she wanted to start off her lucrative babysitting career. The husband scanned Tara up and down, his hands shaking. He then turned to his wife. She's so young, he whispered. Tara laughed. Even though this was her first official job, she told them she had tons of experience watching her younger siblings and cousins. For your sake, I hope you do. We'll be back soon the woman said coldly. Seriously, Tara thought. She asked about the emergency contacts or rules. The couple exchanged glances as if Tara had asked a dumb question. The only rule is you don't go upstairs, the woman said quickly. That is not to be broken. Tara shook her head. She meant for their daughter. That's when Tara realized she hadn't even met the girl yet. The husband mumbled that if Tara was lucky, she never would. Then they pushed past Tara and headed out the door. Good luck, muttered the husband, before the door slammed closed. The house grew silent. The quiet was unsettling until a calm, delicate melody came from upstairs. Tara, totally dumbfounded by the whole bizarre situation, headed toward the music. She climbed the steps and found out where the noise was coming from. She stopped at a thick steel door, the tinny sound coming from inside. She pushed the door open and saw a little girl with short white hair wearing a pink dress. She had her back turned slightly from the door and was facing a music box, which was playing the delicate tune. Tara noticed a teddy bear on the girl's lap. Tara stepped closer, but if the little girl could hear her, she didn't acknowledge. Tara stopped three feet away from the girl and crouched down. Hey kid, she said calmly. I'm Tara, your new babysitter. What's your name? The little girl's eyes shifted over to Tara for half a second, her eyes scarlet. She then turned away again. Who cares? The girl answered, her voice emotionless. You'll be gone soon anyway. Tara was shocked by her eyes, by her sharpness. She explained she wasn't going anywhere and was there to play and have fun while her parents were busy. The girl cut in quickly, her voice sharper. They're terrified of me. She then turned back to the music box, telling Tara to just leave her alone. She added blankly she was sick of babysitters, even though she needed them. Trying to stay calm, Tara suggested they play a game. That got her attention and the little girl lit up. She loved to play Go Hide. Tara frowned, thinking she must mean hide and go seek. A creepy, knowing smile spread across the little girl's face. She had meant just... Go hide. She turned to face Tara. You go hide, she demanded. Teddy will go find you. The girl tossed the bear aside and it landed in a heap on the floor. Tara smiled as she looked at the teddy bear on the floor. This she could roll with. Amused and playing along, Tara wanted to know how high Teddy could count. The girl's smile widened as she shot a glance at the bear and her eyes flashed. She's already started counting. She said, Tick. tock." The husband and wife arrived home later that evening to find the mangled, twisted remains of Tara on the floor, blood surrounding her corpse. They looked at each other with a silent understanding and began to work seamlessly to clean up the mess they'd become accustomed to discovering. The mess left by their daughter, again. Tara's sacrifice would satisfy their child's bloodlust for the moment. But if they didn't find another unknowing victim soon, her malevolent, corrupted mind would use her parents as an offering. Even worse, after they were killed, their daughter would let Teddy be free. And the ancient hellfire demon that possessed Teddy would slaughter thousands, never sated. Teddy loved to kill, and she would never be able to stop. So, What kind of jobs have you worked? Any of those jobs make you feel like you're dealing with true evil? The first day in a new school is always daunting. Sometimes you can be so anxious about fitting in that you miss the obvious and end up on an adventure that might just change you forever. As in this story, written by Janine Pipe. Karina looked at the school bus, eyes bleary. The first day of the new school year was always anxiety-fueled, and even more so since this was a new city, new school, and new bus route. She pulled her headphones over her ears and her hood up, trying her best to blend it as much as possible. The bus pulled up and the doors opened, and she fleetingly stole a look at the driver who had paid no attention to her. She scuttled onto it quickly and slunk down into an empty seat. She bravely dared to peek up and realized the bus was almost empty, which was odd since she was one of the last stops and there should have been a lot of kids. It was also strangely quiet. Despite her own first day nerves, usually the vehicle would be a hubbub of noisy, excitable kids catching up and exchanging stories, but there was only the hum of the engine. Karina also noticed the seats in front of her were empty. Curiosity took over from worry and she stood up a little, twisting to see how many kids were behind her. She was stunned to see only a few heads. On her last bus, it had been a fight every day to get a seat. Did most kids here drive or walk maybe? She also noticed of the few heads, all were sitting on their own and none were communicating. Maybe they were all like her and just wanted to be left alone. The inside of the bus was unbelievably stuffy considering it was so early in the morning and it had been cool standing at the bus stop. How could it be so hot when there was barely anyone to steam up the windows with their breath? Karina reached up and tried to open the narrow window above her, but it wouldn't budge. In fact, none of the windows were open, each fogging up more and more despite lack of human breath to cause it. Her heart started to beat a little faster. The interior of the vehicle seeming to close in on her, elevating her anxiety and inducing a sense of claustrophobia. She tried to stand up properly and move seats, asked to get off the bus, anything really, but she discovered her legs wouldn't obey her not in the usual wobbly feeling she got when she had to walk to the front of the class or past the senior lunch table. This was almost as if she were paralyzed. They just wouldn't move. Rotating between panic and fear of ridicule, Karina opened her mouth to call out, yet found just as she couldn't seem to move her legs, other than twist her body around to peer over the seats, nor could she command her voice. Fear overtook and she began thrashing around, banging her fists uselessly on the windows. Of course, just like everything else that was wrong with the bus, instead of making a noise, physics had gone out the window and the action produced only silence. Maybe it was some extreme and elaborate safety protocol to ensure the students got to school on time in one piece. Yeah, that had to be the reason. Desperation filled her usually practical mind until it dawned on her they should have reached the campus by now, or at the very least still be traveling through the busy neighborhood to get there. Instead, the windows were dark as if somehow someone had stolen the light and early fall sunshine. Something was glowing outside though, as if they were traveling through embers, the ghost of a fire. Paralyzed, voiceless, and disoriented, Karina began to cry. Her tears mixed with the sweat that rolled down her face and the intense heat inside the vehicle. The stench of burning rubber, hair, and flesh hit her nostrils, and in absolute horror, she looked down to see the floor of the bus was now a fiery pit, molten lava instead of metal, and the stink was emanating from her sneakers and feet, which were melting. A chorus of screams began from the other passengers she hadn't known and never would. With nothing else to do, Karina joined them unable to do anything but watch as the school bus continued its journey down, down, down. The first day at a new school can be hell, especially when you're too full of nerves to realize the bus you just boarded was six minutes early and you're the sixth person on board and the license plate read, H-A-6-D-E-S. Karina took the bus driven by the devil. So no matter how tired or scared you are on your first morning, make sure you don't take a one-way trip on the hell bus. Have you ever boarded the bus and wondered if you'd made a bad decision? Have you ever felt strangely trapped or alone? In our final story, join my co-host, Stephanie, as she tells the South African urban legend of Pinky Pinky, which is now animated and posted over on our YouTube channel.
3: Tembi sat petrified on the bedroom floor of her big sister's room. Kaya was having a sleepover party and let Tembi sit with her friends while they told scary stories. Tembi was going into sixth grade, so hanging out with the older teens was very exciting. Tempe tried to act brave, but the urban legend of Pinky Pinky really freaked her out. Never go into the bathroom alone, declared Kaya's best friend Elna. That's when Pinky Pinky will get you. It is half-human, half-beast. It has a slightly pinkish tint and translucent skin. Its soul is said to be trapped between the stalls in the girls' bathroom doomed to be stuck between this life and the next, never being able to move on. Pinky Pinky takes its bitterness out on young girls who still have their whole lives ahead of them, filled with jealousy and rage It attacks when they're alone in the bathroom. While the other girls laughed and made spooky noises, Kaya checked in on her sister who was looking distressed. She really needed to go to the bathroom But after hearing that story, she didn't want to go alone. Elna asked her if she was wearing pink underwear and the other snickered. She was just making sure because that really upsets the pinky pinky. Kaya assured her little sister it was fine to go to the bathroom and it was just only made up tale just for scaring little kids. But Elna just wouldn't stop teasing her. She agreed it was fine in their house because Pinky Pinky only lurked in the second floor school bathroom. The first day of school finally arrived and Timbi had forgotten all about the legend of Pinky Pinky. Between new books, planning out outfits, and figuring out her classes, she was happy to be in her new school. Timbi sat in math when it hit her. She hadn't gone to the bathroom all day and she really needed to go right now. She hurried down the hallway and stopped dead in front of the door. Pinky, pinky, she thought, her gut twisting. She was on the second floor. She looked around weighing her options. There was no time to go down to the first floor. She told herself she was a brave sixth grader, not a silly little kid. It was all pretend. Just go, she thought. She took a deep breath and went in. Kicking open each of the three stall doors to be sure she was truly alone, she picked one and closed the door behind her. Then the lights went out. Hello? Desperately trying to inject some bravery into her voice. She froze, unable to see a thing in the windowless room. Sitting there helpless and completely vulnerable, Demi tried her best to be silent, hoping her pounding heart wasn't giving her away footsteps crept closer. It must be Pinky Pinky. Its panting breath became louder and louder. The stench of the creature seeped into her nostrils. Her chest was tight with fear she didn't want to die. Please, don't hurt me, Timby cried out. (laughs) And that's when she heard cruel laughter coming from the other side of the door, sounding familiar. And then Timby realized it was Elna. Elna, flipped the bathroom light back on. She was laughing so hard, calling Tembi a baby. Tembi, furious yet relieved, hurried up her business and walked out into the hallway. Then, Tembi heard a loud crash from behind her. She turned around and stood staring at the bathroom door. That was strange, she thought. She didn't see any light coming from underneath the bathroom door. She was about to push the door when she heard a terrifying noise. It was Elna screaming. It was so loud that a teacher came out from her classroom to check in on what was going on. Before Tembi's eyes, the teacher went into the bathroom and immediately came running out of the bathroom, tears streaming down her face. She shouted for help and cried for someone to call a doctor. And then she dragged Elna's battered body from the bathroom. Tembi stood in shock just moments ago. It was her in the bathroom. Should she not have left Elna by herself? She jumped when the teacher put her hand on Temi's shoulder. She wanted to know if she saw anything. If she knew what had happened in that bathroom. Temi looked at her dead in the eyes and whispered, It
0: was Pinky. Pinky. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>